We'll see what tonight holds. I got a feeling it's going to be interesting. And not because I'm so interesting. Right? <laughs> uh, but tonight, um, there's a lot of talk going on this past week or so. You know, whenever we have these shootings and that kind of thing, that always brings this whole topic of the Second Amendment to the forefront again and again and again. And so um, with the recent shootings in El Paso and I believe it was Ohio and somewhere else, that this whole topic has come up again. And it's a hot topic. Can I give you a word of warning? You don't want to get this topic started with Rachel Lugo. Right? <laughs> don't talk Second Amendment with Rachel. <laughs> I know she's probably listening from wherever she is because she'll get you. Anyway, um, and, and quite honest, I don't know if I've ever read the Second Amendment for myself. I mean, I've heard what it said, but I don't know if I've ever read it. So I'm having it. Oh, that's pretty bad. Okay. Resolution looked better on the, on the small screen. But anyway, I'll read it to you. Some of you may already know what it says. Uh, but the Second Amendment says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That sounds like Chaucer <laughs> to me. <laughs> that was that Middle English that Desi put up to give us an example of that first week. That's kind of hard to read, but that's, that's what it said when it was written. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep their arms shall not be infringed. And so the original meaning uh, of this Second Amendment is, 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 is being highly debated by proponents. Proponents are those that are for it, and opponents, those that are against it. And so the, the ones who are for it, the proponents of the Second Amendment, say that this amendment gives every American citizen the right to pack. Anybody know what packing is? You want to have your pistol in your pocket, you want to have your pistol in your closet at home or in your nightstand. When I say nightstand, it made me think of my grandmama. I, I was mortified to find out I had a pistol packing grandmama. Right? And that all these years that I slept in her room, she had this pistol in her nightstand. And when she pulled it out one day, I was like, oh, because I had this very sweet, unassuming looking grandmama. But she didn't play. She was a country girl. And I didn't know she believed in packing. So anyway, uh, but proponents believe that, that, that this says that every American citizen has the right to bear arms. That if you can have a weapon uh, in your possession if you go about it the right way. Uh, and the, the intent is that you have a right to defend yourself. And we all get that, right? I don't know about you, but I don't like to be defenseless. So that sounds pretty uh, someone breaks into your house, yeah, you can shoot them. You can. Right? And that sounds crazy, but if, you, if somebody ever broke into your house and it's the middle of the night and somebody's running, you wish you had a pistol. Right? Well, anyway. <laughs> Let me let's say at the outset, I'm not for or against. I'm not, I'm not putting out my opinion. I'm just telling you what, what, what it means. Uh, someone attacks you. You know, you've got your pistol in your purse or in your pocket or in your glove compartment or whatever, you have a right to shoot them, right, in self-defense. Opponents say that the right was meant to be exercised only through militia organizations like maybe, like the National Guard, for example. So you see how the wording, I read it to you originally, it's kind of, you know, what is this militia thing all about? So it's kind of it's dicey how it's worded there. But guns, um, opponents also say that guns don't belong in the hands of everyday citizens. Right? That guns intended for self-defense often fall into the hands of malicious-minded people. Right? This is what opponents say. You know, they, that, you, know, you may intend it for good, but that's not often how they're used. Right? That, that somehow those guns that were meant for self-defense fall into the hands of folks who are up to no good. You know, somebody wants to rob you or cause you some kind of harm. Um, you know, uh, opponents also say that lots of times, and this, is, this, is, this happens. You know, lots of children are killed in homes because somebody has a firearm and it's not secured properly. Kids get it. They don't understand what is, you know, the, the power of it, and they plan with it, maybe they can this, and, you know, children have been killed and others um, playing with an unsecured firearm. And so uh, opponents say the guns do more harm than good. So whatever your opinion, I think we can all agree that owning uh, a powerful weapon is a huge responsibility. Right? Do we, can we agree with that? That's a huge responsibility, whether you're for it or against it. If you're going to own it, right, it, that's a huge responsibility. 
And I, I'm, I'm way too much of a chicken to even attempt to own one. You know, I hear some weird sound in the middle of the night, you're going, bah, 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 I'm just, you know, it'd be the dog or something. I, I don't trust me. All right, and so I, I don't even, I can't fool with that. Now, other of you have much more restraint and maybe more calculated, but I think my fear might get the best of me and something bad would happen. You know, so in that respect, I'm against it. Right, but if you're going to have a gun in this country, you, you do, you're supposed to have a license. Right? You, you can't just go to the store and pick up one and go home. You're supposed to have a license. Apparently, in some states, there's some maybe background checks and some other things you have to go through, but you have to have a license. So there's an accountability factor if you're going to own a dangerous weapon. Um, I would think, and I don't know if it's required, I wish Rachel was here tonight, that if you're going to own a gun, you would know how to handle it. Right? Just because you have a weapon doesn't mean you know how to use it. Yeah. So, you know, I know there's safeties and there's, you know, different pieces of, you got to know how to use that thing if you want to have it. Um, you also need to know how to secure it properly. It's secured properly. Come on, Mark, get it out. I'm doing it. He's not even doing that with me. Okay. Yeah, you need to have it secured properly. So a study I found showed that the U.S. far exceeds other countries in civilian gun ownership ownership estimated over 390 million. That's an estimate, right? And that's of the ones they can count. We all know that the streets are flooded with all kinds of weapons that can't be counted. And, uh, and so, and as you know, what's been done uh, with this right, I'm referring back to the Second Amendment, is far removed from the original intentions of our forefathers, right? We know that folks have taken this right to bear arms and they have uh, abused that right. You know, they don't necessarily own guns. guns. I'm, not, I'm talking about the ones that this applies to uh, for, the, for the purpose of self-defense. You know, there's some folks, you know, we, I'm just referring back to these recent events, you know, the, you know with these uh, assault-style weapons and these, you know, way more gunpowder than any regular general citizen would ever need for self-defense. I mean, you know, who are you planning on doing? And so, you know, we, we know there's a whole debate about the, the types of weapons and how much um, bullets or artillery someone can own. So, so folks have abused that First Amendment, and that Second Amendment, and it's um, gone far beyond what the original intention uh, was. So proponents also say that guns don't kill people. Ever heard that? Guns don't kill people. It's the people who pull the trigger that kill people. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I hear some. Some of you that forward out there, yep. All right. So it's on that note that I'd like to present to you some thoughts about uh, something we, we meaning all the people of God. I can especially speak for those in this room right now because I know this is a word church. We the people of God, uh, to some degree or another, possess that's very powerful. We all pack it. Do you know you're packing something? Some of you said, no, I don't have a gun. I'm going to tell you what you're packing in a minute. Mark, turn me down a little bit. You know I got a big mouth. I don't need much. You can't turn me up that much. All right. Yeah. We're packing it all the time, the people of God are. We take it everywhere with us. To work, to the grocery store, you know. Right now, all you in here are packing. Yeah. School, quiz tournaments. Y'all really packing the quiz tournaments. I think some of you are catching on to what I'm talking about here, right? All of us as Christians, we're packing. I started to bring some props, but uh, I had too many ideas flowing. This whole thing would have been filled with props tonight. I had too many things going on in my mind. But um, so this, that we're packing is more powerful than any gun. But like a gun, if used improperly, can result in catastrophic consequences. Oh, y'all on to me already. All right. Give my first scripture, please, Wendy. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is alive. I'm reading from the NLT, and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I know of nothing else more powerful than the word of God. In this world or out of this world, it's more powerful than a loaded weapon. It really is. And so 
Nothing else can get down into the nooks and crannies of our very being like the word. Right? Ever had the word just, just cut, just get inside? You know? We like to fuss with the preacher, whoever's giving it. But, but the word, just, it has a way of just getting right where we live. It gets in places that no human ever could. It, it, just, it gets, you know, it, it gets right. It slices and it dices. Some, some of you, you know, we, we make that, you know, there's that church joke where we say, ow, you know, the preacher was stepping on my toes. You know, when that word's coming right at you, when that, that word just gets right, you know, our words can't quite convey what the word of God does. And so it's powerful. It, it pokes and it prods. And it, it, it unearths. It, you, know, you know, you ever just come to church and you feel like you, when you go home, you need a nap? You know, you, you feel like you've been to a serious therapy session. You are exhausted because the word has just got all inside and, and just done its work. You know, pull some things up that might have been, you know, buried underneath years of, of whatever. And, and it just, it gets in and, and it does its work. It, it, the word knows stuff. It knows stuff. You say, how did that preacher know that? You ever had that moment where, where God just gave that preacher a word and it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, with Roberta Flack, it was, it was, it was singing your life with a song. It was coming right at you. And you say, how did they know that? How did they know I was going through that? How did they know what my problem was? How did you, well, the preacher didn't know, right? But the word knows. The word knows stuff. It's loaded. It know, there's nothing like it. And can I tell you, people of God, that when you're wielding something as powerful as the word of God, you've got to wield it with care. This is a powerful word. It's fully loaded. It really is. And how we... I use the word will because we think about, you know, wielding a gun or wielding some kind of weapon. How we wield it matters. We've got to be careful with this word. And there are definitely times when we've taken God, we've taken what God intended for good, and we've harmed folk with it. Don't, we don't like to admit that. But we've taken this good word that God intended to be, um, let me see, I don't want to jump ahead of myself right here, that, that God intended to be a positive and we've made it a negative, right? I can tell you, I can go back to my first years in the Lord. Anybody remember that back that far? I'm, 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 it's different distances for some of us, but I remember those early years being all fired up with the word, right? When I came into Pentecost, I'm like, this is amazing. How come the whole world doesn't know this, right? How come, you know, this preacher doesn't know this? And how come these people, I just couldn't believe, how come everybody doesn't know this? And man, I can tell you, I probably chopped some heads off with the word. <laughs> I pray God came behind me and fixed some things, you know, like Peter, like the ear that, that Peter chopped off and put it back on. I, when I think back to in my zeal or in my ignorance, how you want to put it, right? You know, you, uh, you, you can't put the word like that in unskilled hands. You know, you, you disagree with me. I know I said gun, but now I got a knife, right? I'm, I can't help. You know, I'm just trying to take. You, I'm a, I'm a, here I come, you know, pistol packing. What you say? You know, I'm like John Wayne with the word, you know. And you think about, here I come. Oh, what you say? Let me show you over here. And, you know, and we get to flipping them, and we just slicing and dicing, and we just, you know, we are just blowing people away with the word, and we feel all righteous, right, because it's the word, you know, we feel like we did something, we walk out of the room and people just laid out, and they're not slain in the spirit, right, they're not, they, they, they devastated because we just shot them with the word, maybe they were, you know, how dare they question us, or how dare they think they know more than us, I mean, you, you know, yeah, 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 Oh, no. Or maybe we want to show them how much we know. You ever had that? You want to show them how much you know versus what they know? Yeah. You know, you dumb whatever denomination. You fill in the blank. Y'all don't know nothing. I mean, I'm talking about when you just, you're not even thinking. You just got this word and you're all excited about it. And you just harming people with the word. You're harming people with the word. We're not, we're not, we're not thinking. And so, you know, there's times when we have, you know, left the house, you know, and anybody ever went to teach a Bible study and, and maybe you know you were going to a controversial group 
like the Jehovah Witnesses. You know, they come ready. They come ready. You know, and you get all geared up. You're going to get them. <laughs> See, you like it. You gonna you be ready because you know they can come. They they might not have that word rightly divided, but they'll try to come at you with it. And you got to be ready. You got to smack them down before they smack you down. It, you know you got. And, and I'm just talking about how we can get all worked up in different cases. You know, and we and we actually take this word that was intended for good, and we harm people with it. We embarrass them. You ever embarrass somebody with the word? Yeah. Speaking of Jehovah Witnesses, and Bab, I'm thinking about you back there. There was one night, Bev and I were invited to a Bible study with some Jehovah. You remember that? <laughs> with the Jehovah Witnesses. And they were ready for us. And it was just supposed to be Bev and I and I think another lady. And when we got there, they had their overseer, which is like their pastor. The overseer just happened to stop by. <laughs> and, and I think it was his wife and it was somebody else. And, and they were ready. They had guns a-blazing. They were ready to get us dumb Pentecostals, right? And I tell you that night, I was an amateur. Still am in the life. Bev was on that word, I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost kept it. And those, those, those pages were flipping and those scriptures and everything they came up with, there was a verse to slap it down. And we went on for a couple of hours. Didn't we? Hours. And then finally the lady, the, the pastor said, well, it's getting late. You know what I'm and we were like, we got to go so soon? You, you know it's bad when you can run your whole witness away because they don't give up. They, they were ready to get out of there. Now, now, that wasn't the case where we beat them up with the word. That wasn't the case. But, but when you get all excited that way. So, so anyway, I'm going to try to stay on point here because I got a million different things going through my brain. And so, um, yeah, sometimes we step to the pulpit. Yeah. And we're going to whip people with the word. People don't do what you want to do. Or, or that you want to, people, you, you, people are not where you think they should be. You know, they're not doing the right thing. And we, go, and we take the word and we blow them away. When they leave, they're not encouraged. They're not lifted up. They're not, you know, they, they just beat down because we whip them with the word. Right? And we, we're wielding this word in ways that it wasn't intended to be. So we have to be careful. Yeah. You know, some mornings we wake up and we're all zealous as Christians. We get, when we leave the house, we say, who can we take out today? Now, we might not word it that way, but sometimes we just have that, that thing in our zeal where it just, it, it's, it's all twisted up. Uh, so, sometimes we tend to preach that fire and brimstone. You know, this good news. You know, we're preaching, you know, and, and, we, and we're trying to control everybody's life with it. You know, when you got a pistol, you can make people do all kinds of things. You know that? You got a gun, you can make people jump, sit, run, hop. You, you, you can make them do what you want to do. And people who are clever with the word can manipulate people with the word. Yeah. You're abusing people with the word, controlling people with the word, uh, uh, condemning people with the word. It's, the, it's still the word. See, that's the thing we get. We go, oh, it's the word. So how can it do all that? Oh, yeah. You can take God's word and you can actually hurt folks with what he intended to be for their good. Yeah. You use it like a gun. Jump. Sit. Do this, do that. You know what I mean? And, and, and people are like, what? You remember when you first came to church, how many things you didn't understand? How long it might have took you to get your feet under you? How, you know, and and we, we have all these assumptions sometimes when we've been in church a long time that, you know, it's supposed to be just like this. You know, why people aren't this? Why people? And we want to force them with the word to do what we think they should do, be where we think they should be, behave the way we think they should behave. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, and, and, and God forbid... God forbid they uh, disagree with us. You know, I'm thinking about this whole gun. You, know, you ever seen those, those cowboy movies where they have a, is it called a duel? When they, you know, they got their guns and they're walking this way. And one's walking that way. And whoever turns around and blows the other way first wins. That's dumb. I don't know. I'm, I, who does that? But anyway, I guess that was an old cowboy thing. You know, we get that way when sometimes when folks challenge us. How dare you challenge us? You know, and we just come at them, but guns are blazing with the word. So let's, um, let's scroll through the scriptures a little bit. And, I'm gonna, and I, I actually went through and I pulled out some things that the word was intended to be. Okay? 
what the word was intended to be, or, or should I say how, uh, or more correctly, how or what the word is. So I, I've, I've just kind of thrown through some scriptures, and I found that the word is supposed to be, what, a light? Word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. It's a helpful thing, right? It's light to help you, you know, navigate so that you can see where you're going. So you, it, it, it's, it's a light and it's a lamp. Uh, the word is, is meant to be our strength. It's meant to prop us up, to help us. Right? The word is intended to be a place of refuge, somewhere we can go, we can hide. It's a safe place. Uh, the word is our shield and our buckler. The word deflects harmful things. It, it deflects. Right? It, it, um, it, it protects us. Uh, the word is bread. It's life-sustaining. Uh, big contrast from that gun, right? The word is right. The word is hope. The word is good. The word is salvation. The word is pure. For goodness sake, the word is God. Right? Are you just going to shoot God at folks? You're just going to slap God? With, I mean, think about that. The power of the word. It is powerful. It's absolutely powerful. We're not supposed to attack people with all that awesomeness. Don't attack people with the word. In fact, you know, Scripture says that we're not even supposed to argue with folks. Now we get all these, you know, uh, great debates and, and we get to go toe-to-toe with the word. I said, you don't have to do that. We don't, even have, we don't even have to argue with the word. Yeah, we, we don't have to go there. Now, let us consider how we as stewards of the word, how we, how we should use it. Right, let's, let's flip it to the positive. I'm done with the negative. Let's, let's flip it to the positive. How, how should we use the word? Uh, Wendy, go to Isaiah, please, 61. And Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to, uh, I'm sorry, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Think about that. Okay, so Isaiah saying God has sent to take the word to, to bind up the brokenhearted. As opposed to hurting folk, look at that, that this is healing language, right? And instead of me shooting you with the word, well, I liken the word to maybe a gauze or ace band. Let me, let, me, let me wrap up your wounds. Let me bring about some healing. Let me bring something good to you. That, let, let me do something that will help you as opposed to harm you. Uh, he says, in opening the, the prison to them that are bound. How, how about let, let me bring you this word that will free you? I'm giving you the con- that's some good stuff right there, right? That will free you instead of cause you some harm. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance uh, of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. This world deals with ashes all the time. It's rough out here. When they come into the church, when they come in contact with people of God, we shouldn't be giving them the same thing the world gives them, right? Give them beauty for ashes. Give them something kind instead of something nasty or ugly or, or, or judgmental or harmful, right? The oil of joy for mourning. When you come in here, when, you, when we come in this sanctuary, can I say this more? I, I, I got to stop myself right now. Brother Russ was preaching this morning. Right? That was some good word. That was some good word. We get good word in this church. When we worship, the Spirit of God comes to this place. When people come into the presence of God, it ought to be, how do you put it? The oil of joy. When they come in, ah, you know, this is a, this is a place of refuge. This is a place where I, can be, where I can be at peace. This is a place where I can feel the presence of God. Folks are coming through these doors mourning. We don't know what people are going through, what we're going through. It's not just the, the new people coming in. Every, we go through things. Right? So we need to be giving folks things that are healing, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness and planting in the Lord, that he might be glorified. Yeah, we want to give people good news, something they can use, not something that they're used to. Right? The world is all nasty. The world is all harm. The world is on attack mode, not the church. That's not how we should wield the word. Let's go to Romans, Sister Wendy. Romans uh, 10 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on 
him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings to the world. Uh, I'm sorry, bring glad tidings of good things. When people see you coming, don't get caught up on the word preach. I want you to hang on to the word word. We all packing it, remember? Yeah. When people see you coming, they'll be like, oh, here she comes again. Or here he comes. Now, oh, God. Right? Here's that Pentecost. Oh, my Lord, let me hide over here because he, right? When we are slapping people with the word, we are, people don't want to see us. But it says beautiful are the feet of those. When you come, people are, you come bearing good news. You come bearing healing and salvation and encouragement and all that good stuff. You, people ought to be like, come over here. Not, you know, hiding from us. Because we're harsh, because we're judgmental, because we are controlling, because we are misusing the word. And don't think that people that don't know the word don't know when you're misusing the word. There's a spirit that emanates from you when you're, you understand? You might be saying all the right things, but there's something about you that's not right. right? That attitude that exudes from you, that, that, that thing. You, you know what I mean? You can, you, that, and people are like, oh, I know they're saying all the right things, but something don't feel right. I feel oppressed in their presence. I feel beat down. I feel controlled. I feel manipulated. You know, and, and, and so, no, 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 good news. When you come and you're bringing good tidings, people should be like, hey, come to my house for dinner. Now, I'm not home. Shut the cabinet, you know, shut, shut, the, shut, the, shut the curtains. You know, when people, not beating up a Jehovah with it, but when they come and you look out the window, you say, oh, you know, you're hiding in your own house, right? Shouldn't be that way with us. We've all done it, right? Right, right. It shouldn't be that way. No, beautiful to feet. Oh, here they come again. Come and bring me some good news. All right. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. The word is a message of reconciliation. We're not trying to keep people from the word. We're not trying to run people off from God. We're trying to bring people to God. We're probably saying, here, here's how you hook up, right? Here's God saying, here's yours. That song we just said, he said, he thought I was worth saving, right? I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's will and not in God's way. God's, he, he thought this whole world, even those that we think are the most wretched, we all got some category of folk that we think they're just the worst, Right? Even though we, I don't care who they are, God thought they were worth saving. And he shed his bit. So who are we to take what God intended and be a stumbling block instead of a stepping stone? Who are we to abuse folks with God's word? I'm not saying this. I'm just, maybe this is a warning. I don't know, but be careful. You're wielding a powerful weapon here. It can be used for good, but it can be used for horrible also. And there are many stories I can't tell you how many people I run into. Yes, I do realize that people use this for an excuse, right? Will tell you stories of Christians they've come in contact with who have abused them, who have manipulated them, who have treated them harshly with the word, who have done, you know, and, and, and that's the reason I'm not coming to church anymore. Yes, I can, I can, I can agree that there are times when that's just an excuse, right? But there are times when, man, people have been really, I mean, you hear some of the stories that go on outside of here. And I'm not saying this is the perfect place. This is an awesome place. And when I hear some of the stories of some of the things that have been done to people in some of the churches, I am like, you have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You ought to kiss this carpet, <laughs> right, to know that you're in a safe place where people are not going to abuse you. But, yeah, people don't want to serve God. Don't want to, because people have twisted the word, manipulated the word, dealt with it with a, with, a, with a bad spirit, left a bad taste in people's mouth. People run it because to them, that's what, that's what equals God, if you will. That's what the church looks like. No matter what you tell them, not, no, mm -mm -mm. 
Because when I went such and such, well, that person that I thought was a Christian, oh, mm -mm. no one, no parts of that. Got to be careful. We don't want that to be a, no, God says that he's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. How can I help you connect with God? That's our myth. How can I help you connect with God? Now, how can I call you out for everything you're not? How can I call you out for everything you are? All right, you remember that scripture says, such were some of you. You know, we forget at times that we need to, uh, what's that second, neighbor, that second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself? Do unto others, you would have them do unto you. If somebody had approached you like that, whatever that, that, you know, you might not be here today. Right? How do you want to be treated? What, you know, some of this is just common sense. It really is, though, this is the ministry of reconciliation. Second Timothy. Second Timothy 2, uh, 23 says, Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, this is what I mentioned to you earlier, don't get involved in foolish uh, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, must, uh, but must be kind to everyone, being able to teach and be patient with difficult people. How many of you ever had a difficult person you were trying to witness to? Woo! Right? <laughs> yeah. Patient. Patient. Not getting out your gun. Do what I say. Like, you know, <laughs> now. You know, there's folks that have come to the Lord that way. There, there are people that have, have, have folded to the pressure, folded to people misusing the word, folded to people trying to control them, and they've come to church, but they don't stay. You can't keep people like that. Right? They don't stay, or they stay and they don't grow because they came under, you know, under wrong circumstances. So what's the point? So, no, be able to teach, be patient, right? So, when I think of the analogies that God gave us for soul winning, and I, and I think of the, the, when he called, um, is it Peter and Andrew, and he says, and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Anybody fish in here? I'm raising my hand for art. I don't fish, but I've been with him a few times. And when, I, when he fishes, you know, what, one of the key things you need to have is a rod. And then the next key thing you need to have is some bait. Right? You just throw, you throw a hook out there, you ain't get nothing. Right? But if you put something appetizing the fish on the end of it, a little nasty worm, that part I don't like. I don't do fishing. I, I kind of just watch him. You know, I sit there with my book and my hat and a you know, chair, and I just watch him fish. I don't want to touch those little yucky blood worms and that kind of junk. But, you know, and, and it takes different kind of bait for different kind of fish. Whatever you're trying to catch, you have to. See, I watch the fishing shows with him, too. But anyway. But, 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 but fishermen, yeah, you, you, you have to have some good bait. If you have something on the end of that hook that the fish don't want, you get no bites. If, if our bait, as, as Christians, if, if our bait is nastiness, if our bait is judgmentalness, if our, if our bait is harshness, people don't, you know, sometimes we, get, we, we really do. We, we get upset when people don't want to come. You know, I don't know why they want to come to church. We get all, but what we show them is something contrary to the scriptures. The life we live. You ever met a complaining Christian? A Christian that complains all the time? You know, the devil's always attacking me, right? Ooh, the devil's always after me. The, the devil, the devil, they get more glory to the devil than they do to God. And, you know, I think we know people like, oh, the devil, ooh, that devil is just, ooh, that devil. And you're going, well, what, what? But you need to come to my church, right? Right? You need to be, and people look at you like, what? Why don't the devil on my heels for, Right? All you talk about is the devil and all the trouble he's causing you. And, and, and I'm just trying to think about how we present things. Think about how we, you know, we complaining about our life and we, you know, all the miseries we have and all the suffering we do for Christ and all the, you know, we, we, get, we mean it. We, you know, we mean it in a different way, I think, sometimes, but how it comes off to people that don't on the outside. Why exactly do I want to be a part of that? Why do I want to be a target for the devil? 
Why do I want to suffer? Why do I want to struggle? They don't understand the rest of it yet, right? <laughs> and so all they hang on to is that negativity, and then we can't understand why they don't want to come and be a part of this great thing. So you've got to have something good on that bait, on that, on the bait on that hook. Fishers have been. That's what God has said he'll make us. Yeah. Fish are just kind of hanging out there. If you came by the lake and you saw somebody fishing with a club, you know, they out there, you know, chest deep in the water with a club, <laughs> you know, trying to get some fish. You would say, what in the world? You would think they were crazy, right? Who in the world fishes with a club? Right? I mean, think about that. When you're out here trying to win souls, some of the things you say, some of the things you do, some of the, right, you're fishing with a club. People are running from you instead of to you. Right? You know, I mean, that would be ludicrous, right? If you saw it, you would go, what in the world? That person is crazy. Out there clobbering fish. And if you manage to catch a fish with a club, which I can't manage you would, but if you manage to catch one with a club, what condition would it be in? You done bludgeoned the thing. You know, here this poor fish come out the water, so it ain't even fit for nothing. Right? I'm, I'm just, think about what we do. Think about what we do. No, he said he made us fishers a million. Yeah, just dangle your bait out there. With something good, people going to want it. And the word is good. Just dangle your bait out there. You don't have to go after people in, the, in that sense. Um, he also uses the analogy of farmers, of a farmer. You know, this, this, that whole parable about the good, the good seed, you know. I'm having a hard time because I don't know anything about farming. But I, but I have seen, you know, when they, I guess they, is that tilling the ground, when they make those ridges in the ground? And they, and they cast the seed out? Real indiscriminately, they just they're throwing the seed out. I, I do know that sometimes when you put it in the hole, but I'm not talking about that kind. But you just you're just throwing the seed out. Right? That's what God's called us to do. Put the seed out there. Right? You, you, that's not too hard. That, is that very hard? What happens with that seed? Can I break it to you? It's not your business. God is the one that gives the increase. Right? You can pray over it. I'm not being facetious when I say that. You know what I mean? You can, maybe somebody can come along and water it. But, but what comes of that seed, that's up to God. God is the one who gives the increase. You can't go out there fussing the seed. You better grow. I mean, think about it. You got some farm out in the middle. You better grow seed right now. Right? You, 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 you can't make fruit happen. Don't you know that? You can't make fruit produce. You, you can't. We can't. God can he knows the different types of soil. He, he can, but we can't. You can't be out here just abusing folks. You, can't, you, you just can't do that. No, you do your part, and you leave God to do his. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a relief. You know, when I first came to, to, to the Lord, that scripture that talks about, you know, how we must bear fruit or we're going to be pruned, you know, in my mind, I equated fruit to souls. So I was going to get me some souls. Think about that. If, if somebody's on you, if pressure's on your back to produce, I'm talking about misreading, misconstruing, you know, if, if, if it's pressure's on your back to produce, then you're going to get some folks in the headlock and bring them to church. Because, Lord, I got to have a soul because I don't want to be pruned. You know, you know, come on in here. You're going to get in that water. You know, and it's not about them. It's about you. Right? We, yes, we want people to be baptized. Right? Because we know that they're buried with Christ and the new, we know all the good things about baptism. But sometimes that's not the reason why we want to, that's, well, that's, just, that's not the only reason. It's what it does for us. Ooh, how many souls I bought? Or, ooh, God, look what I did. You know, we're going to get some kind of award and we get all, you know, we get, it's the word, but we, we twist it all out. It gets all, it gets all twisted. So this farmer is casting his seed. God is the one who gives the increase. It was a relief to know that I wasn't responsible for the result. Whew, that's a load off. That makes me not God, <laughs> which I wasn't anyway, right? <laughs> right? He's the only one. To get. We'll talk about the pressure being off. We don't, we don't have to abuse people with the word. Yeah, God, so, God also calls us to be 
uh, witnesses. Yeah, witnesses. Your lifestyle. Do you wear the word well? I talked earlier about the complainers and the, and the you know, the, the, the negativity and all that kind of, do you wear the word well? When people see you, they go, wow, something about that person. Huh? Hmm, they can't put their finger on it, right? But your life speaks of God. Just your very being speaks of God. You know, when, when people walk by and they see that you, and instead of you saying I'm blessed and highly favored, they say, oh, she's blessed and highly favored. They can, it's all over you. When you're living and you're just walking in God, right? When your light is shining, when you're, when you're careful, right? Talk about being careful with the word. When you uh, go out into this world, are you careful about how you present yourself? I'll never forget the phrase that Sister, Sister Connie Bernard uh, said. That was many years ago. We had a conference here, and she talked about being confusing or confirming. When you go out into this world, is your life confusing? When people look at you and say, is that, are they a Christian? You know, something about you that's not, you know, because you live in one way and you're, you're talking another way and, 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 and people go, hmm. Your, does your life line up with the word of God? Is it clear? Aha, that's a Christian, right? That person is a person of God. Is it, is it clear? When people go, oh, I want some of that. Right, because when you're wearing the word well, it's appealing, right? I, I've never owned a tailored suit, but I've seen people in a tailored suit. When, you, when a brother got on a tailored suit, you're like, wow, sure, right? When, when that word, when you're wearing that word well, when you're living it and the fruit of it is showing, right, that, that, that's appealing to people. Yeah, people come and find you. You ever something, has my stop you in the grocery store type of works, man, ma'am, you know? When you walk by, you ever had something happen or, or that was, you know, because they, you're living it. That's your greatest witness. That, that's your, you're living it. People want it. You don't have to abuse people. I'm just giving you, I'm just call, telling you what we're called to be, how, we're, how we are called to use the word, right? We need to use the word the way it was intended. This is good news. Good news. Never got smacked with good news before, right? It's good news. And God wants us to use it that way. Uh, James 13, I don't have, the, the AV doesn't have that, so don't panic, Wendy, that you don't have it. But it talks about, you know, um, one who is wise and endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation. That word means lifestyle. His works with meekness and wisdom. Yeah, this, this lifestyle that we're living, you know, do you have peace? Do you have that inner beauty, your wisdom and kindness? What are you showing to this world? What word are you giving to this word? The word that we give should be enlightening, and encouraging, right? Folks are seeking, you know, help them find. You know, people are confused. Help bring about some clarity, right? People need direction. You know the way, the truth, and like you can point somebody to Jesus. You know, people don't know what's right or wrong. You can be correcting with the right spirit. You can, you can share with the, with, the, with the right heart, with right intentions. We don't want to destroy people with the word. We want to help reconcile people to Christ with the word. The word is not intended to be exclusive. It's intended to be inclusive. How can I help you come in? My last verse comes from Isaiah 55 and 11. And it says, it is, it is the same way with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. That's in the, in, in the NLT version. The, K, the KJV says that his word will never come back void. That will accomplish what, sometimes we think we gotta help the word. That's why we get all doing all that crazy stuff that we, that we can do better than God. You know, maybe they didn't get it. Maybe, you know, didn't they hear? Then why haven't they responded? So I'm going to do this, and we, and we go beyond the word. When the God says, no, 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 my word will not come back void, and it will accomplish the thing that I purpose it to do. You never know how the word is working in somebody's life. 
You really don't. God's got a custom-made word out here for each and every one of us. You don't know. Sometimes we look all, you know, like we got it together, and that word is inside just wearing us out. All right? I, I, I got tickled. I think I told you guys this. It was some many years into the, um, that I was in the church when I, when I found out that I think it was the first year when I came to the church when, when, and when Steve and Brother Beard, they thought I was going to be gone. She ain't going to last, right? <laughs> that tickled me. I, it tickled me because when I came, I never had any intention on leaving. Right? And I, this is not, I'm not picking on you there, but I have to, right? <laughs> he lets me, right? <laughs> but it's funny how people don't, I mean, that word was wearing me out. And maybe on the outside, I didn't show any difference. You know that? You know, because I, I had this prideful thing where I never want you to know you got the best of me. Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't. You knew that? <laughs> you knew that? Oh, no. I'd have never let you know you got the best of me. I had my little smug face and, you know, mm-hmm, okay, sure. You know, I just had this little, you know, I just had it all together. Let, let me tell it. But that word was wearing me out. I'm talking about sleepless nights, panic. No, serious, panic. But I may come to the door calm, cool, and collective. Hi, y'all. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Go home. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I'm going to die. Lightning's going to strike me. Oh, my. I mean, I was in a panic. But you would have never known that on the outside. It was all together. I'm good. Oh, it's all right. We don't know what the word is doing in the hearts and minds of people. Those that may have coming have come for years. We don't know because that word is powerful, right? And it will accomplish what God intended it to. He's the only one that knows the intentions of man. He knows who's going to accept them, and he knows who's not. We don't know that. But when that word gets in there, you can't do any better than the word, trust me. There's nothing you can say to outsay the word. <laughs> There's nothing you can say to be more potent than the word of God. There's nothing you can do to a person. There's nothing, you know how we just come and we're help God out. God's saying, really? Right? When did you become Savior? When did your words become more than my words? When we go and we just, we, we over, you know, we, we overstep our boundaries. No. Fish. Cast. Live, represent, however you want to, but we don't, you don't have to get people in a chokehold to make them accept the word. That's, I don't see that in the scriptures. And I know there are times, I'm not naive, I know there's times when God will give you give some, a stern word, maybe a harsh warning or something like that, but even that's not to condemnation. If God is warning you, he's, he's wanting you to get in. He's wanting you to get it right. He wants you to change. He wants you to, that's correction, if you will. He's not trying to kill you. Right, so I'm not talking about exceptions where there might be a, you know, when God gives you a firm word, if you will, or, or something kind of harsh. That, that, that's not the intention because his words come to give us life, not to kill us. Lastly, Proverbs says, uh, 11 says, he that wins souls is wise. I'm going to win winning some souls. I want to win some souls. I want to be a soul winner. Yeah. I'm not going to do it being harsh, though. I'm not going to do it wielding the word with, like it's a pistol, beating people up with the word. No, we're going to do it wisely. We're going to love on folks, right? You hurt me, I'm not going to want any parts of you. But if you love me, then I'm, I want to come back. I want to be in your presence. I want to, you know, it, it, it's, it's not rocket science. It's got to be conscious of that. No, he that wins souls is wise, we want to be wise in how we interact with each other, right? I think about the other, the, the last analogy I give you was that was that shepherd. You know, a shepherd has that hook. That hook is not to beat the sheep. <laughs> that's not the that's not the purpose of the hook. The hook is to kind of, you know kind of guide them. Come on, come on back over here. You know, when we start getting too close to something dangerous, come come on back. You know, that, that hook is not, the hook is to beat off something that's going to harm the sheep. You know, a wolf come, uh, a wolf come along, you, you, 
Now you can use your gun. No, it's getting right, right? <laughs> right? Now you can use, now you can, but that's not for the sheep. When he told Peter, feed my sheep, take care of them. Right? There's instructions for how to treat those on the outside, and there's instructions for how to treat those on the inside. Yeah. The, the, the world's not going to respond to harshness, to judgmentalness, the, 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 the nastiness. They're not going to respond to that. You, you, you can give that up. Love never fails. Kindness, long-suffering, patience, even to those difficult people in the church. Feed my sheep. Take care of them. We've got to take care of each other. We've got to love on one another. You know, you see somebody going the wrong way, you don't beat them. You don't call them out. Oh, you ain't been to church. You ain't, you know, how we get all and we get the call, you know. No, 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 no. Oh, I miss you. You know, that, that makes you want to come back. You got people coming at you all the time with, with, with you know, that's the term young people use, coming at you. That's what Tina says about me. Mom, why are you always coming at me, right? <laughs> they don't want no part of you. They don't want a part of that. No, we want to be a godly example of what God wants us to be as soul winners. We want to be loving. We want to give people Jesus. We want to be reconcilers not dividers, right? The word will do what the word intends to do. The word is powerful. The same word you give with the right intention, it might run somebody off. I think you say you're going to preach in or preach out. You give the word with the right heart and somebody don't want to receive it, well, they might just leave the church. But that ain't on you, right? That's, that, you, don't, you can't control that. But what you can control is your intention. You can control, your, you can control how you deliver it. The word, yeah, everybody's not going to receive, even if we're loving, even if we're kind. But I can tell you you have a better chance if you're loving and kind than you do if you're harsh to people. You have a, you have a better chance. So we want to be wise. Think. Pray. God's word does not need your help. You ever notice how... Somebody could um, be the, a spitting, sputtering, you know, running around the church kind of preacher. Be the same word, right? And it could be powerful. They, they, they're jumping up. And somebody else could stand here and just read the same word, and it could be powerful. The word is the word, right? But when we have ill intentions, that word can become a deadly weapon as opposed to a weapon that brings, for lack of a better word, that brings life, that brings hope. So careful how you wield the word. Check your motives. Check your intentions. He that wins the souls is wise. I want to work for God, not against them. Will you stand with me tonight? Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, help us, God, to be wise soul winners, Lord, for we want to be in your will and not in your way, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, to be mindful.